Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 241 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. Uh, I almost forgot the name of the podcast there. Um, <laughs> I haven't said it. It hasn't been two, that long. Yeah, 240 other times. Uh, I'm Patrick. He's Justin. Justin, one of those weeks you want to forget if you're a Jays fan. It wasn't brutal. It's just losing games against a division rival, let alone getting swept in a four-game series. Mm-hmm. It, it it hurts never fun uh it's never fun but then they bounced back and absolutely clobbered a team that had this at the time the best record in the nl uh and it was very concerning uh they ended up just absolutely slaughtering the pirates yeah uh brutal uh, and we'll talk about all of it we'll talk about vladdy we'll talk about uh the phillies uh lots of exciting stuff to talk about uh, website bfmdpodcast.com twitter bfmdpodcast at bfmdpodcast let's just get right into the little bit of news we have and then we'll just briefly uh, fly through the games that uh, made us cry for different <laughs> reasons and uh, we'll preview the Philadelphia Phillies what an original name the yes. Philadelphia Philadelphias okay then They've done really well for themselves. But, uh, yeah, the one news article that we wanted to touch on is, of course, Vladimir Guerrero and his left uh, wrist soreness. Um, this is the same yeah. issue he had last year for a little bit. He only missed one game, though, and this is why he did not participate in the home run derby last year. So he missed the uh, second and third game against Pittsburgh. Um, and he just said that he woke up on, on Monday – or on, on Tuesday, excuse me, and it was a little bit sore. He just couldn't he couldn't play. Uh, but he's hoping that with today's off day and the two games that he's sat out, that he'll be able to play in Philadelphia starting tomorrow. And, of course, the Jays play two games in Philadelphia and then have another off day. So Vladdy does have some opportunities there. And, I mean, I'd, I imagine if he's in there, he's probably going to be at DH, especially with the way that Brandon Belt's been swinging. He's pretty comfortable that he can just go in and play first base, but we'll talk about that as well. Um, so hopefully Vladdy can come back pretty quickly. Any thoughts on this, Patrick, or is it, do you think it's just something minor? I think it's minor, but, I mean, if he misses another game, I don't see why they don't retroactively put him on the, the IL uh, retro to, what was it, Saturday? Yeah. For 10 days. Are they allowed to do 10-day stints still? I think they can for position players. I believe pitchers, it's 15. Um I believe Patriots, I think position players still have 10-day. But the other thing, too, is with that off day, I mean, even if he only misses the two games in Philly and is able to come back to start the long homestand this weekend against Atlanta, it might be worth it to just rest them for those two games against Philadelphia. The way the bottom of the order has been swinging, you, like, you want to keep Brandon Belt in there while he's hot, and the Jays are yeah. going to see a couple of right-handers as well, so you got to think he's going to be in there. So it's not like they... I mean, they do need Vladdy for the long run, but I don't know if they necessarily need him 100% for these two games. And hey, maybe if he's available to pinch hit later in a game, you still have him there too. So yeah, i I see that. I see both angles. I also see the angle of let him play, like yeah, because obviously if it's a minor issue, then there's no reason why he shouldn't be in the lineup. Sure. Yeah. I, I think it's either slightly more than a minor issue, but not enough to justify an IL stint or. Mm-hmm. They're exactly what you just described. He'll come off the bench against Philadelphia uh, at worst case scenario. And he basically gets 
nine or no seven be like a six day break basically six or seven day break yeah where he's not because he's still doing baseball activities isn't oh yeah of course he's probably still yeah. working out and i mean obviously if your wrist is sore you can still ride a bike and do whatever else and do yeah. workouts but yeah i just imagine he's taking it easy with the bat right now so hopefully uh hopefully he'll he'll i, mean, I imagine they'll probably see how he feels when they wake up tomorrow in philly and before they take bp he might try and take some swings and see how he feels and that would probably be the determining factor it's weird to say right now, but it's like Vladdy being hurt would be the least of our problems. <laughs> it would not be great, but because the bottom of the order is hitting well lately, yeah, I would I'd be less scared, but I mean, I don't know. It was a good performance against Pittsburgh, but it was an equally bad performance against Boston, so this team is still good. Uh, it still has the third best record in the American League. It's still in a wild card position, although that was looking less exciting, uh, you know, at the peak of the losing streak there against right. Boston. But they bounced back very quickly, and they yeah. absolutely clobbered a very good Pittsburgh team that might be falling back to earth. But mm, they definitely are. <laughs> lots of other teams are also falling back to earth, like Baltimore. Have lost a couple games. Minnesota's lost a couple games. Houston's lost a couple games. Uh, and you're seeing, like, you're starting to see records start to sort of even off. So mm -hmm. all the hot teams that were hot at the start got cold. All the cold teams got hot. The exception being Tampa Bay, which are still the best team in baseball. And and I guess if you want to give credit to atlanta uh they do have a better record than toronto so it'll be an exciting matchup there at home but like toronto is about where i thought they would be in the standings i just didn't think baltimore would be as good and i certainly didn't think tampa would be 28 and 7 You're right like that's pretty scorching hot and to have their run differential of plus 115 <laughs> 35 games into the season is yeah. they're stomping teams like it's ridiculous their home record is 19 and 3 yep and we have to play them next week yeah well two weeks from now or two weeks from yeah. now sorry uh in the trop so there's some tough games coming up the the toronto is as good as i I thought they were. We've lost a lot of games I thought we could have won, but we also won a bunch of games I thought we would have lost. So it kind of evens out. Yeah. Uh, the things we can take delight in are the fact that the Yankees, Houston, Seattle are all basically 500. Mm -hmm. uh, although I think Houston will storm Houston's back. Houston's coming on a little bit now. Yeah, they're, they're still I think they'll storm back a lot faster than around. Seattle or the Yankees. And the Angels are still kind of... They're in it, but I feel like any minute now they could start fading. Yeah. Um, That's what just, happens. Just to put a bow on the IL conversation, I did look it up. And, yeah, the 10-day injured list is for position players. The 15-day is for pitchers and two-way players. And in terms of adding a player to uh, the IL retroactively, they can only go back three days. So the Jays would have to decide tomorrow if they want to retro Vladdy to Saturday. Because they could go back from May the 9th to May the 6th, which was Saturday. 
uh, put him on for 10 days and he'd be eligible to come off on the 16th then. So that would be the second game of the Yankee series next week. So there's the time is ticking. I mean, I guess they'll see how he feels tomorrow. But if they do feel the need to put him on the 10 day, then at least he would he would only miss the two games in Philly and then yeah, three games versus Atlanta and one game versus New York, but still be able to come back in game two out of the four game series against the Yankees. So wouldn't be the I, end of the world. The more we talk about it, the I feel like it's less likely he's going to I get do a too. stint on the IL. Yeah, He'll I probably come off the bench in Philly, and then that gets him to like six, seven days without a game. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's a minor issue. Otherwise, he already would have been on the IL. Yeah. That's, that's my logic anyway. One last thing I'll say, too, is up to this point in time, the Jays have played 35 games. They're 21 and 14. They just have to go three and two in their next five games to continue the win six out of ten games thing that I've been saying all year long in order for them to get to ninety seven wins. So they're they're doing it. Uh, it's just it's ugly as shit this week because of the losses to Boston. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, last piece from this article talks about Anthony Bass. He made a small mechanical change. And it's led to two consecutive scoreless outings for him. He did strike up both batters he faced on in Saturday's game against Pittsburgh. Uh, he basically said he's trying to stay back over the rubber a tad longer. I was a little quick before that, so my arm was late. Wasn't getting on top of the slider and was spraying my fastball arm side. Uh, not just executing pitches where I wanted to. So staying back just a hair longer has allowed him to be in a better position. So... That's good that Pete Walker and Jeff Ware, the bullpen coach, identified that fix by looking at uh, video from last season to this one. And uh, that is, uh, that's a good sign because he was expected to be a medium to high leverage guy for us this year. So hopefully that fix continues to pay dividends for Anthony Bass. I hope so too. It's nice to see him out there cleaning up the messes. Um, oh my God. I didn't say anything. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I just said it's nice to see uh-huh. him out there cleaning up messes. Yeah. That's all. All right. <laughs> anyway, let's go to R.I.P. Anthony uh, Bass on Twitter, <laughs> too, by the way. Yeah, I saw that. Um, that's, uh, that part's a shame. But anyway, yeah. it is that's what it enough. Is. When that's you enough. Talk shit, you get hit. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, we'll never get another J on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Boston, Patrick. It was a rough series. The Jays lost all four games in Fenway. They were messy. <laughs> We'll go through it quickly. Uh, I have like a few bullet points from each game. The six to five loss on May the first. Brios five earned runs in five and a third innings pitched wasn't great. Nope. Um, Verdugo hit a walk off home run against Romano on the third pitch he saw in the bottom of the ninth. Let uh, him strut. Let yeah. him strut. He talks shit. He gets. He deserves it. Yeah. I mean, if if Manoa can celebrate, Verdugo certainly can. Yeah, Verdugo is uh, now has three walk offs on the year, which is pretty impressive early on the he's, season. He's a damn good player. Yeah, and no doubt about it. They were talking about how he lost twenty pounds this off season to get himself into better shape, and hmm. so far he's playing well. Uh, Bo Bichette was five for five in that game. By the way, Patrick became. Yep. Uh, I think it was the youngest player in like almost 100 years to have two games of five for five in his team's first like 30 games or whatever it was at the time. So yeah, another one of those cute stats people roll. Yeah, it's like uh, if first player X does thing yeah. Y and thing Z for the first <laughs> I mean, time in he's leading the league in years. leading the league in hits again, and he's done that the last couple of years. So he's trying to become a kind of a three-time like hitting champ essentially, and before he turns 26, so that's pretty cool. Um, May the second, another one-run loss. This time was seven to six. 
it was Yusei Kikuchi up against uh, Tanner Houck. Uh, the Blue Jays actually scored six runs in the fifth inning to take a 6-3 to three lead, but couldn't hold on. Kikuchi gave up five earned runs over four and a third, including two home runs in the game. And then Zach Pop and Eric Swanson also gave up solo home runs. It is worth noting, though, that uh, the one that Swanson gave up gave up was a classic green monster fly ball. It would not have been a home run in many ballparks in Major League Baseball. So worth noting there, just to point that out. It wasn't great contact, but it was far enough in Boston. Tough yeah, uh, Colton Wong. Oh, my God. Connor is Connor Wong. Different Con- one. Yeah. Oh, not, yeah. not Colton. This is a different I'm Wong. sorry. I apologize for that. <laughs> That's it was a mistake. One of these Wongs is not like the other. Sorry. Wong, uh, Connor Wong was incredible in that game. The Jays, yep. once again the bullpen, you know, chokes a lead late. Uh it's the, I mean, we got to we praise them when they do well. We got to point out when they don't. Yep. Those that's two games that were very easily winnable. Should have been wins, were not. Yep. Uh and it's you know, remember these games in October. Just For sure. Uh, I, I know that the, these pitchers will remember them. And yeah. this, will, this will fuel their desire to be better. For sure. Uh, because they're gamers. Zach Pop will bounce back and Eric Swanson will too. We've asked a lot out of Swanson. So yes. cut him some slack for a, a pop fly that, you know, <laughs> manages to get out of Fenway Park. Stuff. Um, yeah, next two games, not as close. The May 3rd game, 8-3 to loss with Manoa on the bump was a messy game, Patrick. The defense made four errors, leading to four yeah. unearned runs in the game. Um, Manoa was charged with five runs. Three of them were unearned over his five innings. A couple of those errors would have made it so the innings would have potentially been over. Um, and none of those, maybe some of those runs wouldn't have scored, but that's always tough. Uh, the bats were also over five with runners in scoring position. Dalton Varsho did hit his second home run of the series. Vladdy went deep as well. Uh, Bass, Richards, Pearson each gave up a run each, but Nates was again unearned because of another error in the ninth. So it was just a pretty messy game overall and definitely one to just wash from the memory very quickly. Yeah, Manoa wasn't bad, but also... It unraveled for him after all the errors, for sure. It was it's yeah, tough. It's tough when your defense isn't making plays for you on easy ones, too. Yeah, I mean, he didn't. He wasn't showing them up, though, or anything. He just no, went out there not. and did what he could. And unfortunately, uh, you know, the, whatever you want to make of the rivalry between him and Verdugo, I think that was settled. Yeah, yeah. Uh, these teams still don't like each other because they're division rivals, but mm-hmm. um, tough it's been a tough season for Manoa this year, and I don't know if it's going to get any easier, but yep. they'll have to make the adjustments. Yep. Uh, fourth game in Boston was an 11-5 to loss. It was uh, another weird one for Kevin Gosman. He just ended up getting shelled over three and a third innings pitch for eight runs. Uh, Zach Pop again struggled, gave up a home run, uh, which is a three-run shot. Uh, the highlight for the Jays offensively was Vladdy going deep again. Um, yeah. One of the home runs that Vladdy hit in this series was a 450-foot blast well over the monster into a stiff wind, mind you. So it probably would have been closer to 500 feet had the wind not been there. <laughs> it was an absolute moonshot. But uh, Zach Paw, Patrick, he's having a bit of a tough go here. I want to pause on the recap of the games for a bit and, and talk about Zach Pop. Early on in the season, we saw him doing incredibly well in his medium to high leverage chances. But the last few times out hasn't been good for him. 
Are you ready to kind of push him back down the pecking order in the bullpen? Yeah, absolutely. I think it, what's weird to say is that I know it's three performances, but it's three in a row against teams that we need to beat. And while yeah. it's the, the losses, I don't think can you can't exclusively blame Pop for them. Mm-hmm. But he's getting roughed up. Yeah, uh, I mean, often home, now home runs in three straight appearances, right? So. Yeah, and again, even if it's solo shots and even if it's, you know, we still get the win in the end, which isn't the case for any of the three games, I think. Um, Not good. I think the book might be out on him and he'll have to make some adjustments. But fortunately uh, for Zach Pop, he is headed to the IL. So, yeah, uh, yes, uh, he'll I think it's 15 days for him. That's right. Probably uh, fix your shit. He, maybe he's been injured the whole time. I don't know. But Jay Jackson mm-hmm. recalled from AAA. And uh, I think he appeared. He did in Pittsburgh. We'll talk about that. In, in Pittsburgh. The, in the yeah, we will chat about games. that. But I'm I'm okay with Zach Pop being optioned back down to AAA yeah. uh, when he comes back. Just to work some things out. Uh, you know, get some success under his belt. I don't. Not to change the subject, but how do you feel about Nate Pearson so far? Um, so far, so good. I've liked the velocity, obviously. Being able to throw 100 is always good. I haven't seen much from the secondary stuff yet in terms of being able to throw the curveball for strikes, um, which is, I think, important because if he's not able to throw the curveball for strikes, then pitchers, guys are just going to lay off it and just hunt the fastball. And again, everybody can hit 100 if it's all the pitchers got, right? I mean, we saw it. We've seen it every time. The Blue Jays see somebody with high velocity. If they have no secondary stuff, MLB hitters are capable up, of hitting yeah. 100 miles an hour, right? And hitting the long way. So I think uh, I think with Zach Pop out, this is going to give Nate Pearson a little bit of a chance. And he's shown so far the ability to um, throw strikes, which has been good. And I think he might get a few more chances here. Uh, I mean, with Anthony Bass pitching better, I think maybe he gets more chances than Nate in the, in the leverage, but if Nate Pearson continues to string outings together, you might see him get a shot in a seventh or eighth inning, eighth inning. Yeah. His ERA so far is zero. Um, obviously the, the fastball is the big thing for him. Mm-hmm. He's throwing it 71% of the time. And then of course uh, his secondary pitch right now appears to be the slider. Uh, I don't know. I'm just kind of blowing through the, the metrics. He hasn't really given up a lot of hits so far this year. If you look at his stats, uh, or and if you've watched the games, uh, he's 5.1 innings pitched, six strikeouts. Yep. A whip of 0.75. That's There's not much more you could ask of a middle reliever, really. Um, yeah, he's done well. I mean, he's given up a hit or two in each of his last three appearances, but hasn't walked a battery at the big, big level. So we Yeah, and that, that's the thing is, like, you're not going to get clean sheets from everybody every time they get out there, but mm-hmm. uh, his fastball uh, has been hit a little bit, but it's not. An, it's really it's the slider. I think is the weak yeah, point. Yeah, there's right not now. enough batted ball data for him yet to really not make quite too many inferences. <laughs> that said, I do think his fastball looks as good as it ever has, and yep. uh, I I mean I think he is the easy answer to replacing Zach Pop while Zach Pop gets his groove back. Yep. In terms of where he fits into the leverage. 
Yeah. I think Nate has earned the opportunity to have some high leverage situations. Uh, obviously, in the depth meter, you put, you know, Romano, uh, Swanson, Simber, arguably Mesa and Richards above him. I'm not sure about Anthony Bass yet. I still don't feel like he's done enough. I, I don't know. It's yeah. it's just there's a lot of guys who are like in the same are competing basically for the same innings. And um I haven't looked at Tim Mays' numbers recently, but he's such a specialty guy on this team now as the only lefty. I feel like he's going to get more innings than we thought. Yeah, this it's, year. it's it's potential. But uh, regardless, uh, it was a rough series in Boston. But, of course, things immediately turned around to on a weekend visit to PNC Park in Pittsburgh. There were a lot of Blue Jay fans there. Uh, they said in the broadcast it's about a five-hour drive from southern Ontario. So some people made the trek down. Lots of people flew in. There were folks there from all over Canada, which is great. Beautiful ballpark to go to. It's on, definitely on my list to visit. But Chris Number Bassett, one on my uh, list. Yeah, Chris Bassett really turned things around, Patrick, with a four- uh, nothing win and a seven inning shutout for him and then Swanson and Romano each got back in there and threw scoreless innings with one strikeout each George Springer got off the schneid and hit a home run into the left center field bullpen uh, it was nice to see him finally get a big hit there he's been hitting the ball hard but right at people for so long so hopefully it's the start of a turnaround for him but pretty uh, uneventful uneventful game besides the great outing from Bassett and the home run from Springer but we'll take those after a rough time in Boston. Yeah, really happy with the pitching in this one, especially Chris Bassett. Um, I'm starting to like what he represents for this team. Yeah, he's quietly consistent, which is, is good to see. They need that. Uh, game two was a bit more exciting. Jose Barrios had a bounce-back performance after his rough one in Boston as well. Six and a third innings, two earned runs, including a home run. Only walked one batter and struck out seven. Uh, Anthony Bass, again, who we just talked about a while ago. Tim Meza and Jay Jackson, who made his Blue Jays debut. All had scoreless innings. Jackson's a cool story, Patrick. 35 years old, has pitched uh, throughout the Caribbean, throughout uh, Asia. He's kind of been all over the place, and he's now back in the big leagues with the Blue Jays. He was with the team in spring training on a, on a minor league contract with an invite and pitched really well. But uh, unfortunately for him, Zach Pop pitched better than he did in the spring. And Jackson had the option to ask the Blue Jays for his release at the end of March. But he chose to go down to Buffalo because he said that he felt the Blue Jays were where were the team he was supposed to be with. And they had treated him well and given him every opportunity. And he wanted to kind of earn the chance to pitch with this team, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I think that since... Pop is is on the IL. He'll probably also see some, a couple of meaningful appearances here and there. It's hard to say. Yeah, he's, this he's is a, a we're 30, about thirty five year old guy with a lot of uh, late game experience throughout his career in, in other leagues. So it's potential. And I think we're getting closer to the point in time now where the game is shifted away from, like you ha- either you have to blow away players or you're cooked like I'm, I'm starting to think that relievers are now just going to be all about initiating soft contact at least for the jays i don't like i obviously it's great to have a guy who can you know blow people away but yeah. i i don't know just like i i just like these guys who are like crafty veterans who have the ability to just get out 
That's what we need. We need yep. outs. Who cares if it's a strikeout? Agreed. Uh, let's see what Jay Jackson does. But do you want to say anything about the bottom of the order? These I really two do. Games. <laughs> yeah. Let's I, talk about it. And especially Brandon Belt. I mean, w- there is some stats. He's hitting almost 300 over this last. I think like 40 at bats or something like that. Yeah, so we need we need really to come though. around. Yeah. So this game, when the eight to two victory, he, he himself was uh, two for three with two doubles and two walks. Him. Kirky, Biggio, and KK, who are hitting six through nine in this game, all had two hits and combined for five RBIs in the win. Love to see that. They also did really well in the next game as well, too, Patrick. Uh, it was a 10 to 1 victory. In that game, uh, Belty had three more hits. Whit Merrifield got his first home run of the year, and Kevin Kiermeyer also went yard. Dalton Varsha was moved up into the three hole for this game. Of course, with Vladdy out, they wanted uh, Varsha up higher on the order to split up the righties a bit, and he had a home run into the river over the. He plopped one into the Allegheny River. I was like, this that was awesome. Hit an absolute bomb, and of course, uh, on the pitching side, Kikuchi was six and a third scoreless. Garcia allowed a run. We'll talk about him in a second here. Romano got a hold, and then uh, the Blue Jays scored five in the ninth. So Romano did not pitch the bottom half, and Nate Pearson through a scoreless inning there. So um, the bottom of the order has been tremendous throughout the pit, the series against Pittsburgh, the last couple of games, especially. And like we just talked about with Vladdy nursing an injury, it's crucial that the Jays get performances from more guys than just the uh, Chapman's, the Vladdy's and the bows. So love to see it. The Kikuchi had a bad start against Boston and five days later walked out there and just, he didn't have to, to strike guys out, he he was just able to stifle He's Pittsburgh. A lot of great soft contact, which you love yeah. to see from him. Yeah. Um, great bounce back start by him. I could do a twelve and a half hour episode just on <laughs> you say Kikuchi alone. Remember, I said he gets Cy Young votes this year. Well, I'm we'll see later in the stretch. I still think this <laughs> pitching staff is has not reached its final form yet. I think they're Agreed. everybody is like this is like probably the worst point in the season for them. Like, I still feel like they're just figuring it out. I I feel like the best days for them are just ahead. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm going to be scary as shit. I agree. In in the dog days of summer. Um, I want to do a quick little chat on Jimmy Garcia for a couple minutes here before we preview the Philadelphia series. So while the numbers look bad, Patrick, I'm, I'm still very confident that Jimmy Garcia will turn things around. We saw a couple of little rough patches for him last year as well, too. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, when you think about it, his, his, his numbers, underlying numbers look great. I mean, the chase rate is great. The whiff rate is at the 92nd percentile. He's got great spin on his fastball and his curveball. The expected numbers look better than the actual numbers so far. He's been giving up just a little bit too much hard contact. So more of a location issue again, I think, for him. His fastballs, his fastball heat map is not great so far. His other pitches, his curveball um, and his slider have been better. But definitely the, the fastball has been where he's been victimized so far. Uh, that's where he's given up all three home runs allowed were on the fastball. H- people are hitting 250 against it, but the expected number is only uh, 202. So it's a little bit less than what's happened so far so i do think that we'll see jimmy's numbers normalize a bit more it should be noted that he's throwing his four seam fastball the most this year or sorry uh not the most this th- yeah it is the most but he's throwing it a little bit less than last year last year he was throwing about 44 percent of the time this year it's down to 32 the curveball has actually 
jumped above the slider as his second most pitch, uh, most used pitch. So maybe there's just a little bit of a pitch mix thing where he's throwing too many curveballs and guys are just sitting on the fastball. Yeah, but, uh, I'll we'll tell you what see. I'm seeing with, with Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, the main thing that I think is a problem is the Jays have put him in situations where he has been stretched more than what he should be. I His most that. recent performance against Pittsburgh, 26 pitches, 16 strikes, gave up a walk, a hit, and an earned run. Uh, 29 pitches in the game against Seattle, one hit, one earned run, one walk, two Ks, credit for that but also you can see where i'm going with this mm-hmm. uh april 18th against houston 22 pitches 15 strikes two hits two earned runs two strikeouts uh same story april 14th 19 pitches 14 of them strikes two hits two earned runs uh with a few exceptions early in april anytime that he pitches more than 14 pitches he is getting hit yeah, the exception is May the second against Boston, um, in the game that we did lose. Generally speaking, from what what I'm seeing from Jimmy is that he's very effective in small bursts. Yeah, they have stretched him out beyond uh, what I I think is a reasonable number of pitches, a few times, and it has burned the Jays. They're yeah. I. I I, I would argue the best thing for, for Garcia is go out there. You've got 15 pitches. Attack. Go for the K. That's what he normally does. That's how he pitches. But yep. um, basically, he, he should have a hard cap of three batters. And no matter what happens I... with those three batters, I think he's got to come out. Because once he hits about 15, 16 pitches, that's when... They start scoring off of him. So I, I'm not so sure it's like a like a, a batter's. It's, it's when they've tried to stretch him more than one inning. I think it's the the up-down for him. He doesn't uh, do well coming back out again for a second inning, which has been what they've been trying to do with him a couple of times. It's kind of what they tried to do with Trevor Richards last year. It didn't work well. It worked twice for them so yes. far this year. It has not worked Lately. every other time. Yeah. So but, it's, it's it's kind of a thing where you've got to look at kind of where you are in the game and like, do we really need Jimmy to go more than one inning or can we put somebody else in? Jimmy's expected to be one of the high leverage guys on this team. And I think they do have to look out for what is best for him. And at, at this point in time, it's not going more than an inning. So I think that that needs to stop for a little while until he gets on a bit of a roll again and then maybe you can attempt to do it again and see if he can handle it so i don't know i think it's just a bit of a strategy or a game planning issue right now and i, I hope it gets sorted out yeah i at the same time i'll also say like tim Mesa didn't give up a run in april or may so far knock on wood mm-hmm. um and he's actually been stretched out too yeah, he has been. Yeah, uh, yeah, we've seen a couple performances where he went out and got more than two outs for the Jays. He's been very good at initiating garbage contact. And while yes, May second and May fourth, uh, he did give up hits. In fact, he gave up three hits in the game against Boston. He also got us the five outs with twenty nine pitches, twenty one of which were strikes. Um, that's a lot of contact, but it's. Not only was it in garbage time, but it was also like that it wasn't 
It's not like he was getting clobbered all over the ballpark. And again, if you don't give up runs, you're a good pitcher, regardless of what happens. So agreed. outside of that one uh, appearance at the beginning of the year, March the 30th against St. Louis, where he recorded zero outs and one earned run, which is an ERA of infinity, uh, he has not given up a run yet. Mm-hmm. So I like the idea of leaning a little bit more into Tim Meza. We know that he can do at least, I think it was 54 is his career high for innings. Yeah, something like that. Uh, I'll have to double check. 53, my apologies. He saw a decline last year in his innings because we had more guys who could take in that role, but he also was on the mound for eight wins. Yeah. Wins don't matter, quote-unquote. But he's pitching better pitching this year situations than he did last year or the year before so far. Yeah. yeah. So I like the idea of intermixing Meza and Garcia and putting them both into the category of you see three batters, you're donezo, because Mm -hmm. they seem to be at their best when they do that. Tim Meza is just on fire right now as as far as our relievers go. I think he's been the most effective reliever based off of individual performances in the last five weeks. But obviously everybody likes the flash (laughs) and... Panache of Jordan Romano, the the Markham maniac. But yeah, let's uh let's do a quick little preview on the Phillies here. Two games. It's a quick stopover in the city of brotherly love. Uh, Alec Manoa Patrick takes the mound against Aaron Nola. Both guys are not off to the best of starts. Uh, Alec is of course uh, pitching to a 4.71 ERA, while Nola's at a 4.64. So a couple of guys who are in need of a good start. We've seen Nola before. We know what he features. It's going to be a tough game for Blue Jays batters to go up against him. It's worth noting that Bryce Harper is back for the Phillies. If you haven't heard, I'm sure everyone else, if you if you've, unless you've been living under a rock, you know Bryce Harper is back. He came back in the fastest ever recovery from Tommy John, like 160 days or something crazy. Um, Nola, so far this season, Patrick, he's leaning on his fat four-seamer and his curveball about 30% of the time each followed by the sinker and the changeup between 16 and 12%. He also throws a cutter about 12% of the time, so a true five-pitch pitcher. Um, and batters are doing quite well so far against the four-seam fastball. It's what's been getting hit hardest for him at the moment. They're hitting 289 off of it, including four home runs and a slugging percentage of 737 so far. Oh, so look for Buddhist to sit on that. He is only averaging 91 on the fastball his velocity has ticked down the past few years if you look back to 2021 he was throwing 93 average uh, this year it's down two miles per hour on average over last season so i mean he's, he's his velocity has come down a little bit um but the effectiveness of his curveball is still there uh that's been his, or his sinker so excuse me has been his best, best pitch so far uh followed by the curveball so Look for the Blue Jays to hit fastballs and hit changeups, which they've done really well so far. Um, and for Manoa, it's going to be a thing of can he pitch to the right locations to not give up hard contact, and hopefully this outing, the defense behind them makes some plays too. Yeah, both matchups are are fairly even. Aaron Hill obviously so. has had a longer career with more success than Manoa, but Manoa is also the young upstart who had a a Cy Young caliber season last year uh, and is obviously struggling to start the year now. Yeah. It'll, this is kind of a fun matchup. 
Uh, I'm not mad at it. It'll be uh, it'll be good, good pitching. Hopefully, uh, if not, uh, expect uh, a high score. Yeah. Uh, of course, the Jays will probably win either one nothing or ten nine, uh, or lose fifteen to three or something ridiculous. <laughs> There's never an in between. Uh, Zach Wheeler versus Zach Kevin Gossman. Wheeler so far has been very good. I just wanted to say that he's averaging ninety six on his fastball. All of his stat cast numbers are red. Um, his heat maps are immaculate. This is the matchup that's going to be very difficult if Kevin Gosman is not on his game, because this 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 might be one of those. I mean, I I think this will be the closer game in terms of his, like lower score. I think the first game could be like you said, like be one of those like ten to nine crazy scores or something. This one has all the markings of a pitcher's duel. Um, if both guys are on, I can see this one being like a two to one or something crazy because I could see both of them going very deep into the game with a yeah, lot of it's, strikeouts. It's going to be tough. This is a tough two game set. Yep. There's not really much to say except go out there and take at least one of them. Philadelphia is a good team. Their record doesn't really indicate their quality so far this season. Yep. Um, um, game yeah, times they're... for this series: six forty and four oh five Eastern time. So uh, an evening game and then a late afternoon game, and then an off day Thursday for a ten game homestand against the Braves, the Yankees, and the Orioles, which will be incredibly entertaining for baseball. Um, we'll come back on Thursday, Patrick, after on the next off day to preview that 10 game the start of that 10 game homestand against atlanta and to recap what happened in philly hopefully we can talk about vladimir Guerrero jr's return to the lineup fingers crossed anything you want to add before we wrap this one up yeah these are two good games that'll be uh hopefully uh entertaining and also exciting i'll also say this i know it was a tough week for everybody last uh last week with the boston kicking our asses if you find yourself getting really worked up over it, there's nothing wrong with shutting it off and just going outside. The weather's getting better. It's okay to go out there and touch some grass. I did it uh, this weekend. No, not like that. I mean, like, <laughs> go out there and just feel the breeze against your your, yeah. your neck. It's okay to not watch like... every game. We've said it before. We'll continue yeah. to say so. Yeah, it, it does not reduce your fandom. So if you find yourself getting upset at the intensity uh, of the season, take a step back. Protect your mental health from yes. uh, twirling down the drain because it's only May. There are still like four months <sighs> minimum of baseball left, not including May. So you've got to pace yourself. So yeah. uh, losses suck. Wins are great. Don't base your whole life around it. So. Yep. Enjoy. 127 and, games left, I believe, if my math is Yeah, right. I was going to say, there's 127 <laughs> games left. If you're out of juice already because the team is... Take a break, man. You know, good. Take a break. Take a week off. Yeah. We do it all the time. Yes, we do. And uh, with that being said, uh, we'll be back on Thursday, as mentioned, after the conclusion <laughs> of the Philadelphia Phillies two-game set. The opposite of taking a break. Yes. Uh, yeah, coming back <laughs> two but days we're do, later. We're doing it on off days, so that's true. Yes. <laughs> we're not pushing ourselves as much. But uh, for Patrick out in Halifax, I'm Justin here in Saskatoon. Give us a follow on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. Send us any feedback on the show or topics you'd like us to cover. 
if there's a player you'd like us to do a deep dive into, we would be more than happy to do so. Give us a suggestion. Uh, if you want to hear about some minor leaguers, let us know which ones you're interested in and we'll take a peek too. Uh, but in the meantime, we'll see you Thursday. Thursday.